right, all right, all right. Let's get this show on the road, shall we? Definitely. What's up? What's up? <laughs> all right, we are officially live. I want to thank anybody hanging out with us. Welcome to the Web3 Warriors podcast, first episode, episode one, featuring Aniket and the Neon Borgs. Uh, let's do a quick introduction. Um, the Web3 Warriors podcast is going to be focused on really kind of breaking down uh, the potential that uh, we see in this space that we call Web3, which is really just taking full advantage of the blockchain technology. Uh, we're going to be focusing on the implications for specifically the gaming space, which is why I've decided to stream these podcasts on Twitch, which has a big gaming community. Hopefully we'll, we'll get some people from the gaming space dropping in and maybe have some questions and learning opportunities. Um, but really, I want to talk about the implications for the wider digital space as well, um, which is a reason why they call it Web3 uh, as opposed to, you know, maybe just a whole new system. It's actually building on a past system, right? So it's like the next layer of the internet um, and it's not going anywhere. So uh, we're starting this podcast with the idea that, you know, we're just kind of at the beginning of this new technology um, and where web one was kind of the internet, web two was like two-way communication, you know, social media, being able to kind of take more of our life online. And now web three uh, is really the decentralized financial side of things and being able to really own these digital assets and have this kind of new layer of value um, for digital assets um, in on the internet, um, but also in gaming spaces and in metaverse spaces, uh, as is becoming very trendy right now. Um, on this show, we're really focused on the Web3 metaverse, which I like to uh, distinguish from kind of the more broad kind of gaming and digital spaces that you can see, um, whether it's in virtual reality or even just meeting spaces um, in the digital world. Um, when looking at the Web3 metaverse, it's really, you know, you take that aspect of having the digital world but adding the wallet and, and having a digital decentralized wallet connected to the blockchain, which is immutable. And once you own something on the blockchain, you essentially own it forever, unless that blockchain has a really fundamental failure <laughs> and uh, crash <coughs> crashes, which is why people like to go with the most decentralized and uh, widely used blockchains uh, for NFTs, which right now definitely Ethereum is taking the lead, but there is Solana and uh, Tezos as well, um, Binance, many others trying to uh, carve out their own space in this uh, NFT revolution, <laughs> as we call it. So uh, on this podcast, I will be interviewing a range of uh, creators, NFT artists who are really making a name for themselves and selling their art and creativity on the blockchain and uh, creating new revenue and, and new opportunities for themselves, um, but also uh, metaverse builders and people who are actually building out these new 3D spaces um, on the blockchain, uh, which... Luckily today we have Aniket here who actually has a long-term plan of building out an actual metaverse as well as a current project that is uh, really amazing art as you can see on the screen right now uh, with his Neon Borgs project. Um, so just a little bit more about the show. Um, each episode is going to be about one hour long minimum. Um, if it goes longer than that, we will allow the conversation to go where it wants to. Um, we'll also take questions at the end of the show if there are any questions from the uh, chat here on Twitch. And once the show is done, we'll be uh, setting all the recordings up and putting them out on all the regular podcast networks, as well as a video recording for YouTube on the YouTube channel. Um, eventually, we might simul stream and have Twitch and YouTube going at the same time. But 
that was a little bit too much for now so <laughs> we're sticking with twitch for the live streams and uh, you can tune in anybody who misses it the recordings will be live or will be available on youtube and uh, podcasting networks so thank you again everybody who's tuned in here um yeah so we'll without further ado i want to thank aniket for joining me here he is joining from india on the other side of the globe another very important factor about this web3 revolution is i've had the opportunity to meet people from every corner of the globe and really um you know just be inspired uh, by what they have going on and we all kind of share this idea that um, creativity should be valued a bit more and that uh, creators should be able to be compensated more fairly and equitably for their creations um, and i think the nft spaces is, is really allowing that um, and maybe without i want to also give a quick plug to clubhouse because i have to acknowledge all of the amazing people that i've met on clubhouse and uh really what's inspired me to start this podcast um, is the work i've been doing with the dream conduit give a quick plug um, which is a group uh, DAO, building a DAO, um, and currently offering classes um, on Clubhouse and on Twitter Spaces um, more so, but really just trying to help creatives and artists onboard into the NFT space um, in an easy and kind of safe and comfortable way, because right now a lot of the narrative around NFTs in the space is really just you know, follow the hype, make the quick flip. If you don't sell out right away, you're a total failure and really a lot of kind of toxic uh, um, mentality and people just kind of being a little bit too focused on the money maybe and less on the creativity. So the Dream Conduit has really been an amazing space for uh, being able to just listen to artists for the art's sake and being able to help them kind of onboard. And both Aniket and I have kind of taken leadership roles in different uh, corners of that organization. Aniket's helping us get that website off the ground and <laughs> it's looking beautiful. You can check it out at thedreamconduit.org. Um, and I am leading the Narrative Conduit, uh, which is helping uh, artists with their kind of literature side of their NFT projects and writing and stories. So I've been hearing a lot of interesting stories um, through Clubhouse. Also going to give a plug to NFTS.tips and the Blockchain Gospel, which is another community, other communities where I've been hearing from a lot of awesome NFT artists and uh, blockchain enthusiasts. <laughs> so yeah, with that to the side, that's what's inspired me. That's why we're doing this here. And we'll be having a lot of really interesting conversations with the people that I've met through that community, the NFT community on Clubhouse and bringing them into the broader space here and hopefully sharing with a new audience and, and really showing people how awesome uh, NFTs are and how amazing this Web3 uh, revolution really is and, and what we have before us and the opportunities that we have to build and create and be compensated. And uh, yeah, and I really think, again, gaming especially is going to have really big, massive implications because of this. Uh, without further ado, I could ramble on about Web3 forever, but I, I got Aniket here waiting patiently. I think it's like almost midnight over there in India. <laughs> How's it going, uh, Aniket? Yeah. Um, I want to share your whole resume. So I know you've got a background in comics. You, you've done some work for Marvel. I believe you met the great Stan Lee even. Um, so maybe I'll let you start with that. If you could just share a bit of your background and, and where you're coming to the NFT space from. Welcome. Right. Right. Thank you. Thank you, David. Uh, you know, thank you for inviting me over to your show. Uh, I, I see this growing quite a lot, you know, over the span of time. Uh, and all the things that you've mentioned, uh, it's going to help so many creators also with the uh, information which will be packed uh, down the line as well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, about me, I have been, you know, in the creative industry, uh, creative and tech industry. I'm somewhere in the between, like, intersection of both. So it's a weird spot to be in, but uh, that's where I'm like operating most of the times. And uh, I'm, uh, you know, uh, I'm a 
computer science graduate from there i went into creating the sort of digital art that you see on my instagram most of the time do a lot of fan art work uh, you know shows and comics uh, things like which i have grown up reading uh, watching on the tv and what not like the classic spiderman cartoons x men shows justice league shows and what not so literally like childhood has been shaped up uh, with the stories of these characters and what not and as i grew up like you know studying my computer science uh, you know course uh, from university and i was like i need something to cope up with everything that's going on so just started to you know uh, started drawing these characters and i have been like pretty decent at art since uh, as a kid so it just all fell into place so the time and while i was doing all of this work uh, you know all the fan art that i was creating uh, it it picked up uh, after like a year or two and caught attention from stanley over the time and nice. uh, he yeah that, that that sort of like put me on the map overall as an artist within the whole instagram art community so when you say when you instagram, say you caught the attention of stanley i got to just pick up on that so what how exactly did that happen explain so he just stumbled across uh, your fan art and he was like wow this is amazing yeah <laughs> Yeah, it just happened to be quite like that. So mm. uh, back in the days, like Instagram was way more, you know, uh, the algorithms were better. Uh, they were uh, you you could reach people easily. That that's the key. Uh, I'm talking like around I think 2016 or something, 2017. Mm. And uh, Instagram in 2017 was way different from what it is right I now. I guess so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the yeah. algorithm wasn't messing uh, with you as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would uh, you know I was trying to do this daily art challenge. I I was like trying to put daily art across to grow my audience, uh, put the artworks out and whatnot. And this happened to be that one day I uh, the Infinity War trailer released and created something, and uh, decided to post it. And I went to sleep. Woke up next day like it sort of blew up. Like it got a you know significant uh, a drastic amount of likes compared to my previous post. Like there was a exponential increase in the number of likes. Like it went from thousand to like seven or eight thousand something. Wow. Like nice so like, oh, you got the viral vibes actually. going <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool yeah and from there like people started like resharing the post a lot of fan pages also are there which talk about movies and shows and whatnot right. and yeah they started picking up work uh screen rant one of the uh you know uh, pop culture news website they picked up the work they shared it and then over the time you know start getting attention from people like stanley <laughs> and nice, uh, nice. he shared it on his Facebook and there was an article also uh, long back about it. So uh, this was like in 2017 around the time and from there like I just never looked back, went into this whole industry like a lot. And uh, yeah, now with the rise of NFTs, like I see it as a medium to tell the same stories, create similar sort of impact uh, that these shows have, these characters have had on my life. So that's, that's cool. That's a little bit about me. I, I hope I didn't wait on for too long. Yeah, so you got pulled into the comic industry and kind of never looked back, and you've been plugging away, and yeah. now you've got dragged into Web3, and you see the potential here. Mm-hmm. So share right. us, share with us how Neon Borgs is kind of inspired by that background and, and what you're building there. Right, right. So I'm like, uh, if you see a lot of artists around the world, right, uh, they're trying to come up with these indie comics. There's a whole... Uh, sort of movement around indie comics so a lot of uh, artists who just start off with the character design sort of portfolio and things like that they eventually want to release their comic that's the end goal so you'll see like uh, but the at the end of the day the companies like marvel and dc and who hold a larger market share compared to 
these indie artists uh, who you know they have their dedicated audience but not do not get that massive reach uh, they struggle quite a bit and i have really wanted to like create some sort of comics because i have read so many of the like stories and everything so from there like uh, yeah just uh, wanted to create some stories had a bunch of stories in mind uh, one of which happened to be neon box also uh just started to think about potential of you know uh, how the use case can fit into creating this sort of comic universe on the blockchain uh with the stories that you can tell and fund it via the nfts itself uh give a lot more utilities to the people so that it can you know uh, stand out as its own project down the line so that's what happened and uh, just sat down at one weekend created the first neon walk uh, that you see on the screen uh the 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 teal one the uh, the the sad one right the blue and all yeah uh, so that was literally the first blog i made i decided to just like give myself two days to launch like this collection of sorts and you know and build the story out as well uh, so i wrote down like a very high level plot of uh, of this story that i had in mind and uh, yeah now it's been evolving it's growing and uh, that's what has been happening why don't you share a bit of that uh, that plot with us just kind of uh, the genesis and and how it ties into blockchain like how is it a uh, blockchain inspired comic right right so uh, like a lot of lot of projects uh, these days are you know create this sort of futuristic world right uh, there's a lot of sci-fi going around with cyberpunk and whatnot so i'm a huge fan because it, it fits my art style also so well like so i was like complimenting it well uh so I came up with the story of you know uh, there are these people who have always been sort of an outcast in the society right around the world uh could be like ranging out anyone could be an outcast like it could be like someone who's a retired army officer uh, something like that you know someone who has been served the country or someone who's just uh, just not fitting into the society and what not and there are some people who just do not fit well in their circles and communities and what not right. so these sort of people uh yeah and like the government of the future of the countries you know uh they've they've been in the lookout for people to be experimented on and stuff like that to create these neon walks to fight the covert battles of the humanity and uh, the battles which no one have heard of and these neon walks are the character which uh, no one has also seen in their lifetime so they are also sort of like a myth uh, sort of like a hoax and now after like decades of uh, after their service has been you know done and they are like on the uh, they were supposed to be retired and what not and terminated and things like that but they went into hiding to save themselves save themselves and after decades they are just showing up across the world uh, why they are showing up you know it leads into the next project that uh, i want to build down the line so it's sort of like this interlinked network of stories which creates like a very uh, what do you call it very scalable comic universe as well Cool, cool. Um, and so you said it's building into kind of your your next project, which I believe is Angoverse, right? And that's kind of a broader yeah. a metaverse. So you see these Borg characters having different roles within the Angoverse. Uh, maybe you can speak to that a little right. bit. And then maybe what inspires each of the characters? Because I know you got like a little monkey character. You got samurai. You know, you got different different vibes going on. Like they each have so much character. So maybe uh, after the Angoverse, you can dive into the each character yeah. maybe yeah right right to simply put like angoverse is like my version of uh, this marvel cinematic universe or dc comic universe you can call it uh since it's on the blockchain it's funded by the people and it's decentralized of course uh and i have always believed like you know there are so many instances where 
lot of fans have inspired uh, the original creators of the comic to you know create certain storylines which have left an impact uh, one of uh, the very significant one would be uh, you know uh, not sure have you if you have heard about the venom movie which came out yeah i haven't seen so it yet i heard it's a little silly yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so the concept of that venom symbiote right it it came from a fan and that venom symbiote then dawns on the uh, just gets uh, attached to the spider-man uh, spider-man's costume and give, gives him you know extra set of powers and whatnot right. but also twists his mind right uh, and that was such an impactful comic that it till date like it still is surviving and you know the character itself has grown into so many at such a scale so similarly, like I felt like you know, a lot of fan theories inspire these actual official comics, yeah, but they have sure. not been given the record. They have not been given the recognition. So the character so the Venom, is, the character Venom itself was a fan fiction event originally. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, I so didn't know that. Whole, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's I thought a, you meant just this latest. Fan. I thought you meant this latest movie, but I didn't know the character itself was. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the character itself is a fan submission, you can say, right? So cool. that, that's what was happening. Similarly, you'll see so many uh, instances where these characters, these fan submissions inspire official comics. And no credit is given uh, where it's due and stuff like that. And of course, they have their own, you know, a hierarchy going in the company and whatnot. Right. So both end of the spectrum are like, you know, fair on their end. But I've always felt like stories come from people and... Uh, that's what I aim to build with Angovers down the line. So I have some, I have like said these sort of plots for different stories and uh, how the direction of these stories will be, right? Uh, one more cool thing that I'm trying to achieve with the whole project altogether is like any NFT that you see, uh, it's not going to be that, you know, uh, out of 10,000, only 10 are appearing in the comics. I'm looking to adapt every single one of them, at least in one frame of the comic somehow. Nice. So that people have that sort of contribution to the story. So like even the different and, colors of Borgs? Like... Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cool, yeah. cool. So those things are, you know, branching out into their own sort of unique characters and uh, unique traits and whatnot. So people will be able to, uh, you know, dictate their own stories for their own neon box that they hold or any other character for that matter from the angovers that they hold uh, they will also be able to contribute to the larger picture the entire uh, universe storyline like how it is interlinked and stuff like that so i actually do have a blueprint in mind how to approach that uh, it's going to be via decentralized app uh, so it's, uh, it's it's been a work in progress uh, from a conceptual standpoint but that's so you're building out a dap for this project specifically not specifically neon verbs but uh angle yeah. so yeah 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 well, i guess it makes sense eventually it's got to be a dap right when you're talking about a metaverse yep. space yeah that's right. a decentralized yeah. application for uh, anybody okay. not in the know <laughs> which is to say a an application that's using decentralized blockchain technology uh woven into its software right um so right. speaking to that when you look at these Borgs and you're saying you're going to be using each individual NFT, so each art piece will be somehow featured within the uh, the catalog. Um, are you looking at building a comic book first? Um, maybe I know you got a bit of a roadmap here, um, but like where do you see the initial kind of funds from? Let's say you sell out all the neon Borgs um, in your first wave. You know, are, is that going towards a comic book or is that going more towards the, the angle verse build? 
Right, right, right. So how I'm approaching it is, you know, uh, Hangovers is, of course, a bigger, vis- bigger vision which houses all of these uh, intellectual properties, right? Neon Box and the other projects that I have in line. Uh, the intention with both the things is like once Neon Box sell out and things like that, we deliver a set of uh, utilities specific to this project as well and then allocate some amount of, you know, funding to the bigger picture, like to the next project. And then we continue that cycle. Like we deliver for one project, we move to the next one. And then at the end of the day, we interlink every, everything into this, you know, metaverse of sorts and uh, give people more utility with it. Yeah, that's cool. And I guess the utility, I mean, once you have the metaverse, it's kind of unlimited what you could do <laughs> as far as, uh, yeah, special perks for your NFT holders and all that kind of stuff. That's, uh, that's exciting. Um, so I guess looking at the characters again, just like what do you, what inspires each character? Um, and especially I know you got the monkey, you got like, yeah, just what what goes behind kind of the, the creation of each character? And, and are you thinking about right. their place in the metaverse kind of from Genesis or is it more like the art? goes first and then you kind of build around it (laughs) so i would say like uh i mean i'm sure you're aware that this is uh what people have bought so far was the first version of the project and then all that uh, yeah we'll have to go into that too we got to share that with the people it's a learning opportunity yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) um but yeah yeah at a high level like uh the characters that you see are still gonna be there uh in this uh you know so i'm sort of relaunching this project very very soon and uh, the, the entire character set that you see here uh, is going to be there, but now it's more intentional, like where the characters come from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spent a lot of time just figuring out, like I've written in the at the header of the website, like, you know, these characters from different countries, different parts of the world, but that does not really fit in with the, the character designs uh, in some of the areas. So now it's very intentional from day one where, uh, you know, I have noted down all the points, I've gone through uh, history and uh, mythologies and folklore of different countries across the world. That's why I've been taking so much time to, you know, just curate nice. the project very well. Yeah. And uh, all of this will reflect into design to some degree. Uh, a lot of people have also pitched in to help me out with the correct stories, uh, correct cultural references and things like that. Uh, I've spoken to a few people from within the clubhouse community as well, like one-on-one basis, like, uh, how a Middle Eastern, uh, you know, the whole uh, Arabic culture looks like. Uh, what what are the elements that you can pick up from there and put it into characters like these? And if, which also makes sense to the story as well, like their powers, abilities and things like that. So that's where I've been spending a lot of time on the past uh, couple of weeks, just like getting those things in place and also working on the art parallelly. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So I think it's important. One, you're talking about being patient and taking your time and doing the research sure. and really plugging away. Um, that's a really important kind of uh, lesson for anyone looking to get into NFTs because rushing it does not pay off. Um, if you're really lucky, maybe you'll sell, but it still won't be a good look because <laughs> it probably won't work for very well. And you won't have that much value for your collectors if you haven't thought about, you know, your long term vision or at least you know, what you plan to do as an NFT creator kind of going forward. Um, And yeah, just as far as that long-term build vision um, and really, you know, speaking to the revolution of NFTs and and what it offers creators. um, What's up, Frog? Appreciate you. Um, And Triple T, see you guys in the chat. Thanks for joining. Um, Yeah, so what it offers creators as a fundraising opportunity, right? So you've got this grandiose, you're talking about the Angoverse, 
becoming like the Marvel universe, right? So that's an awesome, big, ambitious goal to have, right? So you got to start small and NFTs allow you through your creativity alone, um, you know, maybe some additional gas fees at the start <laughs> and some development fees if you want to build out your own smart contract. And there are, of course, you know, background things. But with the NFTs, once you create that art and you mint the NFTs and you're selling it at 0.05 or in your case, 0.035 ETH for each of them, and you're, you know, getting hundreds of dollars here, there, and eventually, you know, you've got a good nest egg to start from right and then you can take that and parlay it into you know a business or a development of either a comic book or your metaverse space um, and i really just want to emphasize how crucial that kind of building blocks or what we call in the space the roadmap um, is you know and, and how much it's really opening up the doors for creators and developers to be able to do things in these kind of new and revolutionary ways and really create value for themselves and for their collectors who are you know the first people in the door essentially right you know investing in them investing in the project saying oh i love this art i want to buy this art so i own it I also like the creator, so I want to invest in their creations to support their future projects. And so it's just kind of a win on a win on a win. And down the road, if the project, of course, is successful and everything goes according to plan, you're going to benefit because you will have had that first Genesis NFT that will go up in value as popularity of the project goes up. So this is uh, a really important aspect of the NFT space and why, you know, there are so many creators kind of rushing to the NFT space and especially um, like 3D developers and people building out in what have until now kind of been seen as strictly gaming spaces. Um, we're seeing them become more kind of wide open metaverse or open spaces. Um, and again, you know, to gamers like us, it's not that new and exciting, but there's a lot of people out there who weren't hanging out in digital spaces <laughs> and it's not as like, you know, easy to grasp. And for those people, I think that's why we want to make sure to emphasize, you know, how exciting the Web3 aspect of it is, because that's what's really new. You know, the digital space, the gaming spaces, congregating online, that's not that new, you know, but having that Web3 digital wallet connected to the metaverse, connected to your you know, life in the digital world that you can then trade, sell, you know, you create your own assets and sell them. That's just brand new. And that's what's revolutionary. So it's the Web3 metaverse that we're, we're really focusing on here. Any thoughts on that, Aniket, and, and what you see, you know, as the Web3 metaverse kind of versus Web2 world and, and, you know, the way that things are changing? Right, right. No, you brought up like really good points with respect to uh, also the NFT projects and of course, for the metaverse aspects of things. Uh, one thing like I have noticed is like, you know, uh, what you also mentioned that rushing a project won't get uh, an artist anywhere when it comes to NFTs. That was also my vision last year. Like I really wanted to push the project out before the end of the year. The things are like, you know, blowing up like crazy and things like that. Then decided to slow down, uh, had a lot of good advice from people. Uh, so and just wanted to create at my own pace. Uh, if uh, one more thing is like, you know, uh, there are so many gate gatekeepers within NFTs NFT community as well. Yeah. Uh, people who will try to influence your project in some shape or form. So it really like comes down to you. If you believe in your vision, just take your time to build it. And uh, as long as the vision translates with your art story and you know very realistic sort of roadmap as well, I think uh, it will go a very very long way. Uh, Definitely. Like, that's like my my two cents on like creating NFT projects, but. Uh, apart from that, like the whole metaverse side of things, uh, it's crazy. Uh, I think uh, 
everyone at this point have uh, like especially the game developers designers have such an advantage uh, such an advantage over like everyone else to create a metaverse like i have been working with like two game developers in the past like uh, for two months or so uh, like place where i work full time so we are we are also aiming to build some sort of metaverse and it's been pretty going pretty great and like that's where like i'm deriving a lot of experience from and be able to build the whole metaverse out for angovers as well that's um, awesome yeah, I want, yeah we'll yeah. touch on that after continue though <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, the edge that these guys have over you know the entire uh, web3 space it's uh, unbelievable it's just that the education is not there for the web3 world like what what are things that they can do with like say 50% of the skill set for the metaverse and uh, a lot of uh, interesting problems to solve as well like uh, running a metaverse on the browser like what does it take and what happens in the background like how much bandwidth does one actually need to run a metaverse like sandbox or any other metaverse for that matter yeah. so these in- interesting problems are like uh, there but one more thing is like uh, uh, as long as like that there's definitely going to be the whole web3 connection to things uh, but i feel like uh, to host these metaverses to put them up and online it's still going to be some degree centralized like using aws and other technologies out there right uh, so that's i think the next set of problems that you know will have to be solved yeah and and i hear i keep hearing people i I think it's a bit of fud but i do hear a lot of people kind of saying well it's not decentralized and i get (laughs) it's not going to be perfectly decentralized um you know and i feel like this is kind of the old uh capitalism versus socialism (laughs) argument where it's like oh it's never going to be fully capitalist like in the end you're never going to have like a fully pure decentralized space there's always going to be some endpoint where technically you could say oh it's aws the amazon web services you know that's a point of centralization if they go down everything crashes so therefore it's not decentralized you know or maybe in the case of a web uh, metaverse you've got you know whether it's decentraland or crypto voxels although i think some are more decentralized than others or somnium space um you know technically the owners or the group at the top maybe it's a DAO. you know if they do certain things or things could technically shut down so again not fully decentralized but again i like to emphasize it's the wallet that's decentralized it's your access to the marketplace that's decentralized and again more decentralized than we've ever had right that's an important point yeah you know there's there's always some point of centralization or to some degree um, but the goal is decentralized markets and being able to actually share your digital assets and trade them and create them and sell them. That's the new aspect, right? Yeah, definitely. And like uh, you mentioned, like, you know, some level of centralization will always be there to some degree. Like it could be from the people, from the tech you use or any other aspect for that matter. But it is also important that with NFTs, like it's the whole sense of ownership of your assets that, uh, people need to like exactly. look forward to like you know uh, even if anything goes down you still own these assets because on the blockchain and you cannot you know tamper with it and things like that mm-hmm. so you still hold something and using those assets or using the contract of the previous uh, project or something like that anyone else could build on top of it right could recreate the whole project like fork it or something like that i don't know right uh, but there are a lot of possible ways to you know revamp a project in in no time and the community itself can show up to build that 
your project if anything goes down for that. That's true. Exactly. So, you got community support, yeah. another advantage of having those NFTs. Like, yeah. okay, so quickly, um, you talked about doing a little bit of metaverse work kind of outside of this project. So you yeah. are kind of hired on the blockchain right now. So Web3 is paying your bills right now, right? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Sure is. That's uh, amazing. I've been working for. I've been working in DeFi for a couple of months now. I think started last September or something like that. Uh, and we are building like a suite of uh, DeFi products. Uh, which and when you say DeFi, that's decentralized finance for anybody finance. not familiar, which is to say financial uh, dealings on the blockchain, which is very lucrative these yeah. days. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, so we are trying to build this, uh, we are building a suite of DeFi products and I am sort of leading the whole product design and the design team there. So it's an awesome experience. So I've been able to like, all my Web3 knowledge has been, you know, amped up by working on these products, how smart contracts work, how, you know, token tokenomics works and things like that. Uh, and I tend to bring all of that experience down the line onto the Angloverse as well. That's amazing. Like that, that's priceless, man. Yeah. That's that's priceless knowledge. There's so many people creating yeah. projects that have no clue <laughs> about any of that tokenomics and, and real DeFi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, looking forward to all of that. And uh, uh, in a way, like our metaverse is, uh, I'd say, like uh, something that we're still working on, but it offers like a lot of uh, a, a carnival sort of experience, like Comic Con sort of experience. Uh, and like giving these. Uh, multiple DeFi products in this space, uh, you know, a virtual address of sorts, whereas uh, they would still have that address via their contract, but then the support and things like that, emails, uh, events and whatnot. So we are offering them the space, people who are our clients, right? Mm. Uh, they can own this uh, sort of very customized sort of space that we are building for them. And they can, you know, uh, bring their community onto that space. They can interact with it, uh, implementing <laughs> some sort of that's actually so smart. Like and so it's a DeFi platform yeah. that's essentially creating like custom spaces for their clients, custom yeah, metaverse yeah. spaces for their clients. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you want to share the name or you're not allowed to share it? <laughs> uh, I, I, would, I would refrain. Okay, from okay. All good. All good. Um, I want to share a message yeah, from yeah. the chat with you. Frog has uh, that's one frog nine. You might know him as Brit from the clubhouse community. He oh, says, yeah. uh, Aniket, having seen your work from the beginning, this is looking great. So. He likes your neon borgs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. Yeah. So I want to speak to the regenesis. And um, as you mentioned, you know, I was one of the original holders of uh, the neon borgs collection at originally launched on OpenSea. Can I quickly show this collection? I know nobody go purchase these. Okay. Nobody purchased them because his 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 wallet was hacked. Um, but I just want to show it quickly. So I purchased uh, this beauty. I think uh, the purple one. I believe. The purple one I got, yeah, 003, yeah. this guy right here. So I got my Neon Borg that I'm happy of. And as a, an original collector, I will still benefit on the next relaunch, right? Uh, which right, is cool. Right. <laughs> um, so share a little bit about what happened. So he was compromised. Unfortunately, this whole collection is just going to sit there. Nobody buy any of them because he's relaunching and this wallet was compromised. So uh, talk to us right. about how your wallet was compromised and maybe maybe we can give a bit of a learning opportunity uh, for people in the space. Um, so he has right. had to start over because his wallet was compromised and his amazing Neon Borg NFTs um, are not accessible. So share a bit about that, Aniket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this happened all, uh, you know, in the month of October, somewhere around that. 
uh, third or fourth week uh, if i remember the date should be 20 or something like that where i checked it and i i had a bunch of eth uh, not a bunch like a few eth or something like that in my wallet which i was holding on to from the work that i did you know in the uh, in the defi space build this that's rough man out. yeah uh, so from there like uh, the whole hack happened metamask uh, was wiped out clean not exactly sure how it happened but then there were chances of my system getting compromised so uh, also on top of all of this i had to wipe my laptop clean uh, so i couldn't really access my previous artwork files as well so mm-hmm. i had to like start from scratch so i had like uh, with the new with the regenesis right so i couldn't even access or use my previous files because there's that 1% chance of those files getting infected which i didn't really want to take anymore so Damn. just started everything that's crazy scratch, all the art wow everything yeah that's better man uh, yeah but i think it serves also as a lesson for me and you know anyone in the community that uh having a hardware wallet always going to benefit you uh no matter what and uh, yeah it's a it's it's a you know it's a harsh face at times you know people uh, you never know like when you're becoming the target or uh, you might be using your wallet in like different places and from there the compromise could have happened and things like that so uh, to trace that point of you know uh, to trace that vector where from where the hack happened it's very very difficult in the blockchain you know who took your money but you don't know like uh, how it happened and uh, yeah. you know, what what led to it that's the whole uh, situation with my hack and the loss like close to, i think uh, 14 15, 14000 uh, as far as i remember uh, yeah Damn. so that like set me back for a while that's harsh man uh, but uh, yeah so after that like uh, spoke to you know dream quando team you were there ravi was there mm-hmm. a lot of people shout out to everyone of course and uh yeah i think that also presented me with the opportunity to like uh, go off open sea and like create my own contract and build uh, uh build like proper some things like you know which we have also control over we can integrate seamlessly within this universe as well so that's what has been happening with the regenesis uh, of the project uh, one more learning would be for people to separate their uh, hot and cold wallet like mm-hmm. uh, you know uh so one hot wallet is where you know you make all your day to day transactions on the blockchain and a cold one is uh, where no one has access to it uh, uh, anyways no one should have access to your metaverse but yeah. even you don't open it that frequently and it's like uh, you know on a different system different browser or a different wallet altogether so i think uh, those sort of learnings is what i'm taking with me uh, yeah it's the, it's tough you know um do you know how you were compromised like was it through a discord chat or like did they kind of like did she just expose yourself or it was more of a real hard like network hack uh, it was more i think uh, went more like a network hack because i was at work when this mm. happened wow. and uh, i have no recollection of you know my metamask metamask yeah you didn't like accept any weird messages yeah. or click on any yeah. weird links yeah. or anything yeah. damn man that's yeah. the worst yeah uh yeah and the reason why i felt like you know my hardware was also compromised like my laptop and what not was because mm. my chrome history was wiped out for the one hour where when the hack happened right? wow. that's like a it's a scary thing to uh, realize because you know all the accounts are locked in onto your browser and things like that and, yeah uh, yeah that's when, that's when i went big on security of like securing everything you know double checking triple checking everything 
All right. So I want to hit on what you just mentioned about cold and hot wallets. So um, the basic breakdown of that is you have your hot wallet or warm wallet um, on your computer. Um, The hot wallet usually is like an extension, like the MetaMask wallet um, is the most common for Ethereum, which is where you will keep your Ethereum and also your NFTs will be stored in there. Um, And he's saying you can transfer it from that hot wallet to a cold wallet, which could be like a Trezor or a Ledger, um, which is kind of an actual, almost looks like a USB dongle. And you can actually store your Ethereum or any cryptocurrency on there. And you can store your NFTs on there as well. So if you were compromised on your internet and your MetaMask got compromised, they wouldn't actually have access to your cold wallet, which is your actual USB uh, hardware wallet that uh, you can transfer your stuff to. Um, yes, very good advice. Definitely recommend for any of our listeners, especially on the creating side, because all it takes is, you know, you might not be selling a lot. And then next day you're selling like one, two ETH worth of stuff and you've got thousands of dollars in your wallet and you're a target, you know, so you might think you don't need to worry about it. But especially on the creator side, I think it is very important um, to, to guard, safeguard your assets and, and make sure that you uh, double, triple check if you can <laughs> Be, be very uh, conscious. Yeah. And don't click on any links, especially in Discord, um, especially in the DMs. They, they'd, be, they'd be crazy. Okay. So Frog has a quick question. Was it a compromised wallet sign or on a bad contract? Do you know exactly where, where that compromise happened? Or yeah, it could even just be like they were looking at your computer and they somehow got in and were just like searching your computer um, like uh, through an email or something, right? Like it could be like a Trojan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it was more of a Trojan situation uh, because we went through everything, like everything that you can think of, like in terms of tracking. Uh, there was not a bad contract situation happening or like a failed transaction or anything like that uh, because I hadn't made any transaction as well. So, yeah, in a sense, like if, you know, if your browser history is compromised, it means that someone has access to that application specifically, a Chrome application or Brave application or something like that. Right. So, yeah, which, you know, which gave us, uh, gave me the whole idea of just wiping it clean and starting over again. So, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a rough face, but like now, like all, all over it for now and uh, just trying to stay vigilant and start creating uh, again, like no doubt. as soon as we are able to launch. Yeah. Cool, cool. I'm sorry you had to go through that. And uh, hopefully that will serve as a lesson for any of our listeners. Um, Definitely do your due diligence, use a hard wallet, uh, even when you think you're safe, you never know. Um, And especially as a creator, you just don't want to be caught in that position. Um, Anacat has had to reboot. Luckily, he's got awesome supportive community in the Dream Conduit. And, uh, you know, we're going to back you. We're definitely looking forward to the next iteration. Uh, I can't wait to get another Borg and and see how the Angleverse develops. Um, I'm curious. So what... I mean, so you're actually, let me talk about the contract. So you're saying you're building a custom contract. Does this mean that it's going to be like a situation where you mint on your website or is it still going to be published to OpenSea through a custom contract? Right, right, right. So we are uh, building it in a way that we will be able to mint it directly on the website as well. Hmm. But uh, we are building something called as an upgradable contract. Uh, Upgradable contract allows you to link uh, like you can define a set of functions that you want to create in your contract for the future purposes. Since we want to link all of these things together, uh, we are keeping that link open uh, a way for us to integrate every single contract together down the line maybe uh, for the metaverse as well. So because metaverse is going to have its own sort of contract and you know the own sort of things and we want to have 
need to have some level of access to the current contract and uh, that's why we're building as of now uh, so for sure you'll be able to mint it from the website directly uh, that's uh, just the you know uh, beginning of it and, uh, and so of will there be a generative side then i have to ask is there, or is it going to be like you you select the exact board you want to mint and right. you just click mint on it right so right now i'm going with the second model uh where uh, that's really cool because i don't think i've seen that on a web3 site honestly you don't see that too often where it's like select your your specific nft and mint it right here you know i love it that'd be really cool man right yeah i really want people to uh, buy what they see Mm. and the whole point of you know revealing nfts and then the floor price tipping and things like that i'm okay with my floor price tipping staying you know consistent yeah, from i don't think you have to worry market. about it man the way you're rolling this out <laughs> yeah. it's like yeah. yeah if there are anybody looking for a quick flip then one of us will buy them out <laughs> uh no that's yeah. awesome man that's really cool i'm really looking forward to seeing that web3 site so it's going to be on here on yeah. neonborgs.com and you'll be able to just mint right yeah. through that's really dope yeah. all right exciting um we had another question uh triple t looking for clarification on the warm wallet versus the uh, cold wallet so he's asking is the warm wallet just an extension of the cold wallet um so in a matter of speaking yes <laughs> um, the trezor actually links up with your metamask so it actually is like a hardware extension of your uh hot wallet or your metamask wallet and so like through Wi-Fi or whatever, like it's able to basically, I think, would it be Bluetooth, uh, Annika, where it syncs up yeah. with your Trezor? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so basically your Trezor is able to sync up with your MetaMask so that even though it shows on MetaMask, it actually is in your Trezor. So if someone compromised your MetaMask, it wouldn't actually, they wouldn't be able to get to whatever's in your Trezor. Um, so in that sense, yes, it is kind of like an extension, but... In another sense, technically not. <laughs> technically, it is its own hardware piece that can actually hold both your cryptocurrency or your NFTs um, on the blockchain in its own kind of uh, hardware sealed um, hardware <laughs> uh, storage. Exactly. That would be the word. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know if you have yeah. anything else to add on that, Aniket. Aniket's far more uh, uh, adept than I am. <laughs> Uh, no, you, you just summed it up correctly. Uh, one more thing could be that the second wallet, the cold one, could also be uh, a new MetaMask, which uh, you know, which you do not use as frequently to log into different website. You just use it to transfer funds mm -hmm. uh, from one MetaMask from your one MetaMask to the uh, warm one or the hot wallet, something like that. So uh, the benefit of uh, having that is also quite similar to the, the physical one, but physical one also provide that extra layer of security that physically have to press a button for your money to get transferred to right. any other person uh, but you will see like these days uh, there are a lot of things happening like uh, people do airdrop of tokens and things like that and those tokens could leave, lead to you know uh, your funds getting drained in no time as well so that's like a whole new level of scam happening these days um, you're scaring me Annika. i've accepted a few airdrops man <laughs> should i be on the lookout <laughs> you i think uh, it's it's uh, you know it's important for everyone like who's receiving airdrop like it's free money of course but uh, also some level of uh, due diligence is uh, goes a long way like just looking at the contract maybe roughly just once like what's happening or asking someone from the community to look at it uh, hey can you just look uh, take a quick look because they can uh, link different level of functions with like the airdrop itself so it's like uh, as soon as you accept 10 tokens of this one point one ETH gets drained from your wallet and you won't even realize it for a while Sheesh. and that sort of things that 
Yeah, that's the things are happening now in the community and there was like a massive rug pull recently which I can't recall the information about but been hearing quite a lot about these things recently uh, where people are skeptical about airdrops and which is why uh, a lot of these airdrops uh, take place in the telegram groups and uh, community there just uh, focuses on auditing the contract of the project so yeah something to yeah, it. definitely something to think about. I know there's been a couple airdrops where I was like, uh, I don't know, like both the, the gas DAO and the mask one, there was like a MetaMask one that looked a little fishy. So, uh, but then right. some of the bigger ones, but yeah, like you say, just do due diligence, like some uh, blockchain um, you know, solidity pros will be like, yeah, this contract looks legit, you know, and you got to just kind of keep an eye out because <laughs> I don't personally yeah. know. I try to read the contract. I don't know what the heck I'm looking at. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely there are red flags to, to keep an eye out. So don't just say, oh, airdrop, I will accept for sure. And definitely never, ever accept an airdrop from a Discord DM ever, <laughs> ever, right. ever, or anything else from a Discord DM relating to NFTs, frankly, um, especially if you don't know the person. But even if you do know the person and you think it's a safe uh, server just uh, just stay away from the links in the dm double triple check everything all the time all right um after that public service announcement so what is the kind of uh, next big date we can look forward to aniket what are what are you looking at in the short term um when when can somebody grab the the reiteration of the neon borgs and join right. and support your project yeah so as of now like uh, i would refrain from mentioning any date uh, like I, I had plans of uh, relaunching it in the second or third week of january which is like i've crossed of course uh short past it <laughs> for like uh, with the level of detail i'm going into the art and whatnot so uh hopefully like looking to release somewhere around like the first week of february something like that uh when the marketing efforts can you know start uh, again uh, I've been working on a new website altogether as well for the project. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Oh, nice. Um, Is it going to be at the yeah, same URL? Yeah, same URL, a different design, you know, something which is more detailed and whatnot. It talks about the project, the vision a bit more clearly. Uh, something which uh, I definitely rushed it to with the first version of the project. So, yeah, going to be spending more time on those front. And yeah, like as I said, like I want to take my sweet time with the project. So that uh, this brings in that sort of credibility and trust within the people to uh, stick with the vision in the long run. So yeah, which is why like I haven't mentioned any dates as such so far. Uh, it's like I've been estimating rough dates here and there, but of course like uh, I do want to uh, deliver like a good product altogether. That's what I believe in, and uh, I respect that. that. You know, and it's interesting because I, I I invited you on here because I knew well for one you're so knowledgeable and you're actually working in the web three space um so you have that kind of knowledge and then i also knew your project is like a real slow build like ambitious project so i just thought it would be a really cool one to kind of bite into and, and, and see where you're at and uh i don't know did you have any questions for me kind of like where you're at or like any thoughts about kind of what you have going on right now um and is the contract done then um that side of it done at least or you're still kind of ironing yeah. that out uh, we are done on the contract front. So right now, what we are working on is the whole rarity part of it, like which trait holds more value. Mm. Uh, I'm also going to be one more thing would be something to look forward to is like uh, the entire rarity scale. Uh, I'm just building it on on the Neon Box website altogether. 
uh, just like not going for any third party integrations, like everything you need is just on neonworks.com. And, and how do you see that working in, um, cause you're releasing them at 0 0.035 each, right? Um, and if one's yeah. going to be more rare than the other and you're releasing the rarity scale, obviously people, I assume will try to snipe the more rare ones, even because oh. they're at the same price. Mm -hmm. You're not concerned about that. Yeah. It's just, uh, you got a point. Yeah. So the AD scale uh, is something that only I have access to. Mm. And I, I'm not going to be res reserving any neon work for myself for the project. Uh, that's something that I went into. Come on, you need one Aniket Borg. <laughs> need your own super-powered <laughs> really? yeah. Borg. Yeah, we'll see. Or I'll, I'll just uh, let the community decide when it starts <laughs> growing up, you know, which one they want me to buy. And the rarity scale itself uh, is going to be released after the entire collection set is up. Ah. Uh, is, 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 uh, is all the drops are done. That's and, cool. Uh, you know, we have seen, yeah, we have like at least 70, 80% sold out and we dropped the rarity scale altogether. But that's something that uh, I've thought about from day one. Uh, like uh, recently been, uh, I've gone through like, uh, probably like this is the, the attrition that I'm working on of the rarity scale is like a seventh or eighth one. So I keep changing things for like one neon work, uh, <laughs> you know, one side of the work and just affects everything again. Right. Go back, change everything again and uh how the rarity is generated is it's via python script so it's not something that i have uh, full control over so it's also automated there oh wow uh, yeah That's so cool. yeah it's just that uh, uh i have access to the sheet uh, which i can look into but which is why like i'm refraining myself for buying it though ah, i got you i got you ah, I mean, yeah. yeah that's interesting that's really interesting so when we look at these characters yeah. for example like maybe um you know certain colors certain um you know features on their on their clothes will be more rare than others and are, are they going to look the same yeah. or how do you see the the new art shaping up right 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 uh the new art is like uh some of the characters which are already there i had to of course keep it for the existing collectors yeah uh, right because they, sure. they have bought the specific piece of art right but the character design is there you can expect some minor uh, revisions here and there in terms of the elements which affect the rarity again uh, but but what the collectors will be getting is the first 33 neon box, like number 1 to 33, of course, and uh, which is why the rarity gets more complicated over time so, <laughs> because of the whole reasonness of the project. And uh, yeah, so that's one. And on top of that, we have close to like 14 or 15 character designs this time. And the character designs themselves present some uh, uh, play a big part in the rarity of the entire collection. So say, for example, if you have a monkey, maybe that's more rare than the others and stuff like that nice so, nice yeah that's yeah. kind of cool all that's right and maybe they have like uh special traits i guess long term in the metaverse kind of thing is that, is that how you see it yeah. yeah cool cool that's awesome man um yeah i don't know if you had any yeah. thoughts uh or questions just from a from a web3 uh marketing or development uh standpoint just mm -hmm. kind of where you see things going or any thoughts on that questions for me or even just more open thoughts Right, right, right. Now I've thought about a few things. Uh, you know, I've been thinking about a couple of things on marketing front. So uh, I'm just curious to know, like, you know, what's the, uh, like, of course, my project has, hasn't gone that full force since uh, a long, long time. Like when the first iteration dropped, we did a couple of drop parties and things like that. Uh, and I assume like the marketing has changed in the past couple of weeks or, or like past few months, right? Mm -hmm. Is there any sort of, you know, uh, advice that you'd give me to focus more on the marketing front? I, of course, have, like, 
basic plan laid out but uh, i'm curious to know like since you are like i i went off the community for a while just to focus on the project and you know focus on my job yeah, you've been plugging in and working man <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so, but but i've seen their yeah, dream conduit team just staying up you know consistently so not sure if what has changed so if you can fill me in what's been happening in the community that would be uh for sure we could talk quick on dream conduit and uh, more specifically um, looking at marketing and the narrative side that i help with um, at the dream conduit which is a group on uh clubhouse right now but it's also a an actual nonprofit carbon neutral dao that is helping creatives and artists onboard into the nft and uh blockchain space and really realize this uh opportunity for success and and revenue and compensation um in the nft space so yeah we are staying consistent with it thanks aniket <laughs> and we host like rooms pretty much six out of seven days a week on clubhouse and uh, i've been hosting the narrative conduits uh every friday on clubhouse and yeah so i mean i wouldn't say marketing um overall for the nft space has changed too much but there's definitely learning um uh, a lot of learning that's happening and a lot of like you said like not rushing things trying to make sure you have all your ducks in a row i think the advantage of having a custom contract and a web3 enabled website which is to say a web3 site or a website that can connect to a web3 wallet um, whether that's solana wallet tezos wallet uh, ethereum wallet I would say Ethereum and Solana are kind of the two really big ones blowing up for NFTs right now. And it's more common to see uh, Web3 websites. Um, you don't see too many Tezos ones, but they are around as well. Um, and those are kind of your three big NFT markets. Um, but as far as like what you're doing, and, and I think once you have the new artwork, which is gonna be very similar, but slightly different, um, ready for public consumption, the more art you can share prior to launch, the better. That's one big, big thing I've learned because I've, I've been brought into projects where they're like, oh, you know, let's push this on Twitter. Let's do this. We're going to launch on, you know, in three weeks. Um, and I'm like, OK, so what are we showing the people? And they don't have anything to show yet. And they're like, oh, well, well, that's still being made. You know, our NFTs are still being created. And then, you know, a week goes by, two weeks, three weeks. And eventually, you know, maybe you're just creating the actual art like right before you want to launch and then you're not giving people the time to actually like fully digest you know a how nice the art is or b what the actual vision um behind the art and behind the nfts is so the big thing i think like as soon as you have that art ready and you want to show it to the world just say hey you know this is our new this is going to be the new iteration of the neon borgs happy to share it with you um if you can even say like a blurb about like what each one does and maybe even like just do it out in um how do you say like trickle it out you know and really like so one so this is the new um you know zero to ten neon borg um his story right. you know and then maybe even give a just a little like one two sentence backstory on what he's about and then kind of drop that out maybe like one a week or you know even once a day all depends on the amount of content you have um but yeah kind of tease it teasers are, are really big i find um Love teasers that. that are actually rooted in what your art is and what you're actually going to be selling on the blockchain so there's no confusion when you launch and it's like hey this isn't what i've been seeing for a month or for <laughs> however long you know i want one of those <laughs> so yeah i think that's right. that's been a big learning thing because a lot of people try to push a project without showing what the actual project is offering you know and it's nice people right. like ideas and things but the art speaks a thousand words you know yeah yeah so that so would be a, a big uh, thing i would say for yeah. you it'd be really it would work really well right right no, i'm definitely taking that into consideration yeah uh yeah let's let's hope like i'm able to finish the art very soon uh yeah. probably one week one more week 
uh, that's another reason like I didn't like drop the website or like start the marketing efforts like early on because I knew like I'll change the art again and again until the time I find yeah, it. Yeah, make uh, sure you're comfortable with it, same. you know, do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah get that perfection yeah. you like. It's all right. You know, there is something to be said about not letting perfection be the enemy of progress, so to say. Um, but I do think when it comes to minting art and when you're talking about like this is your baby, right? There's something to say about maybe you're never going to be 100% perfect, but definitely get to a place where you personally feel like this is your best effort and you're putting it out, you know? Um, so that's that's what's important because um, yeah. as soon as you start sleeping on yourself, that's going to show through. You know, people are going to see that like, oh, I don't think he, he put his 110% into this. He just wants a quick True. buck, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but get, yeah, yeah, your artwork's amazing. That's... I don't think you have to worry about that at all. I'm sure your stuff's already looking good and you're just making little minor tweaks here and there um i have yeah, one more question yeah. for you i do want to open it up to the chat as well if we have any questions from the chat for aniket or any just uh, web3 questions uh, as far as nfts and the metaverse go um, please do share them in the chat as we've hit our one hour mark and uh, we'll be winding down shortly um, i am curious though as i mentioned at the top of the hour um it is a very international space, right? The Web3 space and the blockchain. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, as you go to different regions and different uh, countries, there are rules and regulations that make it a little bit more sure. difficult um, for some areas. And how have you found it kind of in India? I mean, I look at blockchain in India, you know, you've got, uh, what is it, uh, Metacoven and like, you got like some really yeah, epic, yeah. like Bitcoin collectors and big right. whales, as they call them, um, in, in India, doing a lot of awesome stuff. Um, but how do you see the overall kind of Web3 space and specifically the NFT marketplace um, kind of growing in India? Like what's going on there? Right, right. No, you brought up a very great point overall. Uh, so there's there's definitely some sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, there are a lot of things going on in India with respect to Web3 as well. Like you'll see a lot of DeFi startups these days, uh, which are, you know, going big, are either uh, started from Indian founders or something along those lines. Maybe uh, they are Indian founders, but not in India, something like that. Uh, there's definitely not uh, regulations per se as of now, but there have been like on and off views about banning crypto uh, or like, you know, uh, just regulating them to some degree. That's been going on on and off for like two, two to three years. But I think uh, even with that, uh, that sort of, you know, situation, that sort of climate in the country where, you know, people are uh, now getting more aware of investing in crypto, buying more crypto or, you know, uh, getting into nfts collecting selling them and india definitely is like creating uh, uh their own like uh, people in india creating their own sort of ecosystem with nfts as well like you'll see uh, there's a platform called as wazirx which is yeah uh, wazirx uh, i've heard about them yeah yeah a lot of south asian artists you'll find it uh, find them there uh, because they are on the finance chain and gas is like literally pennies on there and you mm. know they use bnb and their own native token uh, uh things do like you know that why is... they've gone with binance instead of maybe tezos i, I think there's bite block right have you heard about mm -hmm. bite block they're in india as well i think and they're a tezos uh, market yeah I, I don't recall it but mm. uh, i'm curious to know like uh, when did it start and if you have any yeah i'll share a link with you yeah it, i'm not sure how well they're yeah. doing I, I heard about them kind of i don't know it's been like june july last year i think i actually minted a mm -hmm. photograph on there too but <laughs> i haven't gone right. back and checked it but I, they seem to be yeah. doing pretty cool but they're on tezos yeah. uh, but i know wazirx right. is the one i always hear uh, people from india speaking right. about right right so do you have any yeah. work on wazirx then 
I I did have my work on Vazirex like uh, just one artwork there and it was collected as well. But then my wallet was linked to so many other platforms Damn, at once. Uh, yeah, that I lost like access to uh, all of it. Uh, I still have access to it. It's just that I don't want to continue transacting with that wallet anymore. Yeah, it's been compromised once. Yeah. So yeah, which is why like I have. So as of now, if you speak about it, like I, I am on all the platforms and not on all the platforms at the same time. So it's like, <laughs> man, that's so harsh, man. Like, I can't wait till you yeah. get your new wallet, everything <laughs> up and running and, yeah. and, and replace yeah. all those assets. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Like, but the the climate in India with regards to like NFTs is definitely blowing up. A uh, lot of mainstream personalities also slowly getting into the world of NFTs. Yeah, you got uh, a lot of apes out there. You got a lot of pop culture apes down there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> you'll find a bunch of people owning a lot of popular NFTs as well. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's been happening. Uh, I've like heard of uh, two three more marketplaces now coming up slowly. From people from the DeFi space who are now seeing the potential of the NFTs and whatnot, so that's something like to look forward to, and hopefully, like, uh, yeah, we'll see more of it uh, in the upcoming weeks. Definitely, definitely. Well, that's cool, man. That's yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, and actually, next week I'm hoping to have uh, Mad Bull Liz, who's going to be coming to us from Hong Kong. Uh, so that's going to be pretty cool. She's got a really interesting project that's been doing really well on OpenSea called the Mad Bull Project. Right. Um, and she's right. also been linked in on a, a new project coming up. So I'm really trying to get that international vibe in here and really uh, speak to people on the other corner of the world. Although it gets a little complicated with the hours. What time is it over there now, Aniket? Is it midnight for you? Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, just closer to midnight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's middle of the day yeah. here. So I know it's, it's getting crazy for yeah. you. Um, don't see any relevant questions from chat. Triple T is asking me how I do all-nighters, but I don't know about that. <laughs> I didn't do an all-nighter. I got some good sleep. I needed to be rested for this good conversation. <laughs> um, Aniket, what are your, as a closing kind of point, what is your advice to creatives and uh, artists who are maybe considering getting into the Web3 space and minting their art on the blockchain, um, but they're just, you know, maybe they've been listening to the FUD, maybe, uh, which is fear, uncertainty, and doubt for those out of the community. Right. <laughs> maybe they've been listening mm -hmm. to all these other narratives about energy and, you know, environmental stuff, or maybe they're listening that, you know, criminals are using the blockchain, whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. Uh, what do you say to people who are just yeah. hearing about NFTs, but don't think they should be minting NFTs, even though they're amazing artists? What, what's your advice to those people? Right, right, right. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm in a position to give advice, but then oh, you uh, are, my you two are. cents on, <laughs> uh, my two cents on things, uh, I, I do have some thoughts like uh, on these, right? Like, uh, I, I post my art on Instagram, very act like I used to post it actively and whatnot. And then now I'm seeing like this whole sort of, uh, you know, movement popping up where people are just hating on any artist who's just posting about NFTs on their mainstream, uh, to their mainstream audience. So uh, I think NFT as a tech, as a fundamental, like it goes a very long way, which people like really need to uh, look into the potential of like, uh, I've had my work stolen so many times, like uh, in the mainstream world as well, like people creating rip off merchandise off of it and things like that. That it creates, a, it brings that whole point of ownership into the picture right now. And of course, like, uh, if you see like a lot of uh, mainstream artists who are not willing to mint their work as of now, they should, they do a lot of commission artworks and things like that. They should realize that, you know, a lot more money had to be made 
their art and with crypto into play you know they can get compensated very fairly whereas uh, if they were doing a commission piece for say any big corporate or something like that uh, they will literally get paid like you know for, like what uh, anywhere i don't have a number in mind but i would say like say one to two ETH or something like that but that's something that you can make once you start actively you know creating art on the blockchain uh in the in the long run of course like you have to be consistent and whatnot like any other uh, field for that matter yeah so just my advice would be to you know just uh, uh, focus on the quality of the art and also the quantity of the art it's not like <laughs> artists keep spamming their nft art on OpenSea and minting every single piece so mm -hmm. the demand and uh, of course uh, the whole uh, packaging of the art itself like with the story descriptions what we do at dream conduit right just just like that whole uh, packaging it all together has to be there with the nft projects and i think uh, that's some sort of pattern that i've looked into like even uh, by collector from varyx was had the same mentality that they look into the art which has all of these check marks you know uh, in their art uh, nice. good art maybe animation uh, some description uh, link to some sort of high resolution find unlockables and things like that and people can actually give so much more, uh, like artists can give so much more to their collectors with the NFTs as well, uh, which they, you know, would have to think about twice in the in the real world. So, yeah, just like uh, maintaining that demand is also important and marketing your art and packaging it all together to, like, summarize it all. Definitely, definitely some good advice there. I uh, just brought up your, because you talked about how your artwork, even outside of the Web3, had been stolen. I'm um, just sharing some of your awesome fan art that you had on that, uh, on your Medium post. That's kind of right, right. a real breakdown here. So if you go to neonborgs.com and you scroll down to the Regenesis explanation, uh, he had a, Anakhet posted a really cool breakdown of kind of everything that's gone on with the Neon Borgs um, project, what he's working on, his own background a little bit. Um, and he shared a bit of his uh, fan art here, which has got picked up by Marvel and is really, really dope. So definitely check that out. Uh, you should mint one of those, man. Do they own that for you? Or are you <laughs> able to mint that? No, I'm not able no, to mint okay. it. <laughs> that, those would sell like crazy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I could see there'd be some copyright yeah. issues around that for sure. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, but no, definitely, people, if you're looking to get a full, um, even more full uh, explanation of Neon Borg's project and what you can look forward to, definitely check out his Medium post that's on his website. Um, really amazing art. Um, Anakit, thank, thank you again for joining us. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Plus. Hopefully, we have given all kinds of value um, and people are really considering uh, diving into this NFT space, you know, and Ethereum is a little bit more of the pricier option, but there is Polygon, there's Tezos, there's Solana. There are ways to uh, get into the NFT space without having to pay mm. some uh, gas fees and that. Uh, we're not seeing any questions from the chat, so we're going to wrap up this uh, first Web3 Warriors podcast. I want to thank all the listeners. Um, this will be available on Web3 Warriors on YouTube. Um, if you are interested in joining the Web3 Warriors podcast, you can email us at web3warriors at gmail.com, and we will definitely... Uh, be happy to uh, hear from you and uh, we'll be scheduling um, every week so again saturdays at 12 eastern standard time is when we'll be hosting these live conversations we'll record them share them onto podcasting networks and onto youtube uh, by the following day 
So uh, I look forward to that. Thank you again, Aniket. Maybe uh, once the Angleverse is live and this project is live, we'll have you back again in the future. Uh, but thanks for being an amazing guest and having so many uh, valuable points to share. I think uh, you've offered a lot of knowledge here. Do you have any wrapping up words Thank or you. thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you. Thank you, David, for you know providing me the opportunity and the space to talk about my project and experiences. Uh, I think I've, I've been through quite a bit in the last couple of months. And if anyone can learn through that, like, which is why like we put up the blog as well and multiple things. Uh, so I'm happy to, you know, contribute to the community as much as I can uh, <laughs> as we go. And yeah, I'm looking forward to see the podcast too, of course, and uh, <laughs> just uh, launching the project also as soon as I can. So uh, the expectations of the people I've met uh, very, very soon. Looking forward to just, uh, you know, making it <laughs> in the community. Let's do that it, Annika. It. I look forward to it, man. We're going to yeah. build together. And I uh, can't wait to get my new Neon right. Borg and uh, see what you got. So definitely share with the community. Sure. Uh, I also want to let everyone know there is a Discord link um, on the Twitch page where you can join our Discord. It's uh, my Chrome Discord, um, which also has a little bit of gaming content, but we're looking to get more Web3 content into there. So please do join the, uh, the Web3 Warriors Discord. And um, if you want to connect and you had any questions or you just want to learn more about web3 i'm always uh, open and again anybody who wants to join the podcast email us at web3warriors at gmail.com and we will be live again on uh, next saturday great episode thanks little nate dizzle <laughs> all right everyone mm -hmm. peace out okay, we'll be well. live next week thank you aniket get yourself some sleep it's midnight over there <laughs> thanks again mm -hmm. man appreciate you until awesome. next time we'll be live next saturday take care everybody yep until awesome. next time we'll be live next saturday Take care, everybody. Yep. Bye. Everyone.